This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. Call all hands. Beat to quarters. Run out the gun. Stand by this tavern battery. One broadside into it, if you please, Captain Bush. Pointers on target. Lynch stops ready. Aye, aye, sir. Ready. Michael Redgrave as C.S. Forrester's indomitable man of the sea, Horatio Hornblower. Very well, I'll 
I'll agree to use maize flour, but uh, to make up for it, I shall require something else. Uh-huh. I want drink for my men. Is there uh, wine here or any ardent spirit? The people on this coast are drink an ardent spirit with which you are perhaps not acquainted. Oh, sir. It is distilled from the waste of the sugar mills from treacle, Your Excellency. From? By um, uh, <clears throat> Yes, senor. Would that be of any use to you? Uh, uh, I shall accept it in lieu of anything better. In fact, of course, my heart was leaping with joy. It would appear a miracle to my officers that I should cleanse a rum and tobacco from this volcano-ridden coast. Ah, thank you, senor. And uh, shall we begin to slaughter the cattle now? This was a decision I'd been postponing ever since I'd heard of the arrival of the cattle. I tested the sea breeze. It was not nearly so strong as yesterday, and the weaker the breeze, the less chance of the Natividad coming in to interrupt the revictualing. I took the plunge. Uh, very well, Senor. We uh, we will start now. of meat, and on board the purser and his crew toiled like slaves in the roasting heat, cramming the brine barrels with meat. Sacks of flour, anchors of rum, bales of tobacco, the hands sweated as they swayed these things up from the boat. The Lydia was gorging herself full, and in return I kept my side of the bargain. Mr. Bush, you may release the muskets and kegs of powder and shot which we brought for Don Julian. You send it ashore. Hernandez will arrange its transport then. Aye, aye, sir. Then, on the second evening, as I walked the quarterdeck looking forward to my dinner of roast fowl, reveling in the thought that I was now free of the land for another six months if necessary, I heard a sound from the shore which filled me with horror. You put those muskets down! Put them down! Mr. Galbraith! Get in command here. What's the meaning of this? Sir, I, I don't exactly know. They've been torturing a poor devil up there, sir. Lashed into a spa, left him to die of thirst. Silence! Galbraith, I addressed you. I don't know how it began, sir. The party came running back from up there. They had Smith with them, wounded. He's dead now. Yeah, if another man speaks without orders, I'll have him in irons. Mr. Galbraith. I saw they were going to attack us, so I had the Marines fire. Oh, did you? I'll speak to you later, Mr. Galbraith. You, Jenkins. You, Poole. What were you doing up there? You knew the order that no one was to go beyond the creek? Tomorrow morning, I'll show you what orders mean. As I spoke, I heard a horse galloping up. It was Hernandez, riding as fast as he could. As Hernandez slid from his horse, I turned on him. Did El Supremo give orders for this attack on my men? No, Capitan. I think he will not be too pleased with you when I tell him of it. Your men tried to release a man condemned to death. That does not permit your men to kill mine. The inhabitants are angry and discontented. The whole country has been swept to find food for you. The criminal was condemned to death for driving his pigs into the country so that they should not be given to you. 
a delicate situation. I was anxious to be conciliatory if I could do so without angering my men. And I was about to lead Hernandez aside and soften my tone when... A sheep! A sheep is coming! There is a sheep! Your Excellency, this man has been watched from the mountain. Yes? From there he could see the sails of a ship coming towards the bay. He says he has often seen the Natividad and he's sure it is the same ship. How far off is she? A capable city! A long menos! Ah! He says a long way, seven leagues or more. She's coming from the direction of Panama. Mr. Galbraith? Sir? Get your men aboard with all expedition. My compliments to Lieutenant Bush and desire him to clear for action and beat hands to quarters. Aye, aye, sir. A stream of plans and ideas was flooding my mind. I estimated that with the land breeze, the Natividad could be in the bay by midnight. On the other hand, I knew the Spanish habit of snugging down for the night and of not attempting any complicated piece of seamanship unless absolutely necessary. I wished I knew more about the Spanish captain. Tell me, senor, has this ship often come into this bay? Yes, senor, often. Is sir, captain a good seaman? A very good seaman, sir. Landsman's opinion of seamanship was not worth much, but still, it was an indication. I was still uncertain what to do. If I went to sea and engaged the Natividad on open water, the two ships might well batter each other into wrecks, rigging and spars, hulls and sails. I should suffer casualties which I could not replace here in the Pacific. I should expend priceless ammunition. Yet if I stayed in the bay and the plan I had in mind did not succeed, I should have to beat my way out of the bay against the breeze in the morning, presenting the Spaniard with every advantage. The Natividad's size and superiority of guns were already such as to make the outcome of such a battle hazardous. Yet the possible gains of remaining in the bay were so enormous that I took my decision. I would run the risk. no sail, lest a gleam of canvas become visible to the distant ship at sea. The launch and cutter were towing the ship, sounding as they went into the deep water at the foot of the island which marked the entrance of the bay. Manguera Island, it was called. I found myself pacing my tiny cabin, though it would be at least four hours before the Natividad could reach the entrance of the bay. I checked myself furiously. I must show the ship that I could face uncertainty with indifference. All we are. Sir, my compliments to Mr. Bush and tell him that if he can spare Mr. Galbraith, Mr. Clay, and Mr. Savage from their duties, I'd be glad if they'd sup with me and have a hand of whist. <coughs> uh, 
I think, gentlemen, it's almost time we went on deck. The rubber would not be over if Mr. Savage had paid attention to the score. At the eighth trick, he should have played his ace of hearts instead of risking the finesse. I grant that the finesse had been successful. Had it been, it would have uh, won him two more tricks. Is that you, sir? Yes, Mr. Bush. Is all well? It's infernally dark. Yes, sir, but you can see her when your eyes get used to it. She's still heading for the bay. Everyone's at his post, sir. Mm. And now, until the last moment, everything must be done with as much silence as possible. Send the hands aloft ready to set sail. Aye, aye, sir. Bosun, hands aloft. Quietly, if you value your life. I hurried forward along the gangway, past the forecastle carronades with their crews crouching round them, and swung myself over onto the bowsprit. I could see round the corner of the island. Natividad was heading straight for me. I could almost hear the sound of her passage through the water. I heard the voice of the man at the lead. I could hear the voices of her crew, all jabbering, and nobody looking out well enough to see our spars. And then, the moment I was waiting for, orders for the Natividad to go about. This was the time. From my pocket, I drew my silver whistle and blew. Start again as the Lydia surged forward. Well, uh, steady. Steady, dear sir. What a little. What a little, sir. more. Right, sir. Hard, sir. Hard as starboard. Hard as starboard, dear sir. The Natividad had no time to gather way upon her new course before we came leaping out of the blackness and rasped alongside her. Months of drill bore fruit in that moment. Impossible, I'm in 
the wolf was coming from some time. Captain Hornblower, I have accepted surrender in your name. Thank you, Mr. Bush. Bring the officers aboard the Lydia. Men were happy. They would each get at least 25 guineas as their share of prize money for the Natividad. They were already spending it in imagination. But while the rejoicing went on, I was considering my next step. The immediately pressing problem was what to do with the Natividad, and especially its crew. I couldn't bear the thought of handing them over to that cold-blooded madman who called himself El Supremo. Although I was pledged to assist him in his rebellion against the Spanish rule, I felt no desire to assist him in mass murder. However, my next move was decided for me by the arrival of Hernandez from the shore. Capitan, El Supremo wishes to see you at once. My boat is waiting. Addressing me, do not use the expression senor. As I told you, I am divine. You may call me El Supremo. I believe that in your own language, that term means the Almighty. It is hardly sufficient to describe my divinity, but it will suffice. I could only bow. I dare not trust myself to speak. He was quite unconscious of having said anything at all remarkable. The navigating officers are still alive? Yes, uh, 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 Supremo. Then I will take the Natividad into my service. I will kill the executive officers and replace them with my own. The others and the common sailors will serve me. I had to think quickly. The Natividad is the prize of my king. Perhaps he would not be pleased if I let her go. He would certainly be displeased if he knew you had offended me. I have noticed before, Captain Hornblower, that you have verged upon disrespect towards me, and I have been mild enough to attribute it to your foreign breeding. I sighed to think England would lose a fine frigate and a fine opportunity. I realized that I must sacrifice my prize money and flatter this autocrat a little longer. But I was determined to preserve my prisoners' lives. I am sure it is my foreign breeding which is to blame, Supremo, but... Well, how could it possibly be imagined that I could be lacking in respect to El Supremo's... The ship is yours. Ah. General Hernandez, make arrangements for 500 men to go abroad the ships at noon. I will sail with them, and so will you. Certainly, Supremo. Is the Lydia to have the honor of carrying El Supremo to La Libertad? Uh, my crew would greatly appreciate the distinction. Naturally, they would. 
I left the great Don Julian and hurried back down the mountain. Once I had him aboard the Lydia, I was confident of being able to deal with him more easily. My officers were waiting to receive me when I rode out to the ship. Mr. Bush, sir, kindly instruct my steward to put out my best uniform and make ready the after cabin for a state dinner for eight people at six bills. Aye, aye, sir. Um, in case your guests should require a salute, sir, may I ask their rank? You may, Mr. Bush. Uh, <coughs> we are entertaining the Almighty. The Almighty. Michael Redgrave is based on the novels by C.S. Forrester. Music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.